The best way to start your week is with a smile. And the best smile that you can get is from our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group. Not only can they get you hooked up with a great smile by going in there and getting a cleaning x-ray and exam, but if you do that, they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. And those things are no joke. It is heavy duty mouth care guaranteed to improve your smile. And the best thing about going over to our friends in Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood is that not only do they do great dental work, but they are huge Colorado sports fans and they are ready to talk to you about everything going on here in the sports world and there's a lot so again remember schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam today at green mountain dental and they'll hook you up with a free sonicare toothbrush and go in the air deep right center go. field two run home run trevor story way back myers watch it go out chuck nasty two run home run david Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we say goodbye to summer camp. We say hello to exhibition play. We get ready for Rockies baseball that is at least on television and will be played in a full nine innings and they'll get to three outs every inning. And I know that that sounds, (laughs) you know, like duh, but it's been weird. Okay. I've loved it. And it's been quite frankly, an honor and a privilege to be able to take in baseball games at Coors Field over the last couple of days and appreciate everyone who's been along for the ride, we're going to wrap up our observation on it so far. But, Patrick, we are also going to get very excited for the fact that from here on out, we're all going to get to experience complete baseball games. It's, it's really it's, it's, it's back now. It's real. Yes. For the next two days, they might not count, but they might be real games. As you said, yeah, with this summer camp and and even in inter-squad games that you see, they, they don't play a full nine innings. They don't always do three outs. They're working on a lot of different things to, to kind of push the pitcher's limits. But, hey, starting Tuesday, 6.05 Mountain Standard Time against the Texas Rangers there, the first game played at Globe Life Field. If you get three outs, your team gets to walk off the field. And if you do it in four pitches, hey, great, you're going to go back out for another frame. And it's not how they draw it up in spring training or in summer camp, but that's the rules that govern our sport. And it's going to look a lot more like the sport starting Tuesday. And you're right. I am I am excited. I cannot wait. Yeah. For those of you that aren't quite sure what we were talking about, for <laughs> example, in one of the last couple of games, uh, I can't remember who was on the mound, but they did – precisely that got three outs and like six pitches and bud black walked out there and took two guys off the bench and said you go to second 
you go to third and put a guy at the plate and had him run a bunt defense, which is not obviously something that you would do in a spring training game or, or could do. You can do that in intra-squad. So, um, yeah, it's going to start looking and feeling real, and then it's and then Friday it's going to start being real. It's going to start counting, and, and we're very excited uh, to get into it. E-Man coming in with a question already for this first game, uh, exhibition game on Tuesday, wondering how many innings will the starters go? Uh, we don't know precisely like where they're, they're all at right now. And also the, the first starter for that game is Ashton Godot, correct? So they're, they may or may not be counting on him uh, to be a, a regular starter at this season. We're actually not quite sure what Godot's role is going to be. If they may even look at him in a bullpen role, if he might be uh, potentially there for the taxi squad. Um, so, you know, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily look at that as an indication too much of how um, deep guys are going to go. But starters in general around these time, I, I think we're going to start looking at, you know, five innings, 80-ish pitches around in there. When I went back to school to get my teacher's certificate to teach both special education and high school mathematics, the one thing I learned about you know making good teacher's plans was back planning. Ultimately, figure out what you want to do at the end, and then you solve the, the riddle of, well, what do I need to do to get to that end point? So right now, the end point is opening day, and for the Rockies, it is July 24th against those same Texas Rangers. So if you want your pitchers to all be healthy, on that Friday, it stands to reason that on the second exhibition game on Wednesday, you probably don't want to throw anybody that you want available for you on Friday. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see Wade Davis or Carlos Estevez, Jairo Diaz. Um, we will get to Scott Oberg, whether or not he's ready. You might not even want to throw anybody that's going to be in your actual bullpen for the first week on Wednesday so that they can be ready for Friday. So that that opens up Tuesday's game, the first exhibition game against the Rangers, as an opportunity to throw one or two of those guys just to kind of get them ready. And so whatever Ashton Godot gives you, great. And then from there, all right, well, Ryan Rawlson, you know, you're not going to be a, a part of this 30-man roster from the get-go, so you're going to eat up a couple innings, and I want there to be one inning apiece for Diaz, Estevez, and Davis and say, hey, we want them to kind of get a little bit of practice um, maybe we work on it, work on a couple final things. Don't show the Rangers too much. That's the other strange thing <laughs> yeah, about this yeah. is you have an exhibition game against the teams in which it actually counts. You, you just don't really see that, um, in a typical fashion. You don't see that in the NFL, right? That's, right. that's how they kind of schedule those exhibition games. So, um, if, again, if you back plan from that, you know, you're not going to see a lot of those guys. Uh, it does mean Kyle Freeland who will start Sunday's game against the Rangers you go, well, shoot, that means he'd be logical to pitch on Tuesday. Well, again, everything, like I said, you don't want to overexpose him to the Rangers lineup or, or even their coaching staff. So, you know, you may actually see him for an inning, but you're not looking for him to go out and, and log a lot of innings. It's let's just get them fresh. Let's get get them through that first finish line. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, a, it's about the journey, not about the finish. And right now we're in the journey part. And then when we get to opening day, that is – the first finish line and yep. 60 games down the line. That's the last finish line of this sprint. And then you right. get the next sprint of the playoffs. Lord willing, keep your fingers crossed Rockies fans. Right. And maybe we'll have some bonus baseball. Maybe the Rockies will play at least 61 games this year. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah, we'll, we'll get into all of that. Obviously we, we got to keep teasing you. I got a, an email or I, I can't remember if it was an email or Twitter, Twittery tweet from uh, Rachel recently asking for um, predictions. We're getting there. We're getting close. We're, you know, get ready for it, but we, we don't want to do that just yet. We got to, we got to keep you coming back for something, right? What I going? predict that we are going to make predictions. I'll say that. Can I do that, Drew? <laughs> Very good. No, I think okay. I think that is correct. We we right. will make some season predictions. We'll have some, uh, both in written and podcast form, and all the types of things that you would think, and some outside the box ones. We'll we'll be doing plenty of predicting. And in fact, on the very next podcast that's going to be available, uh, you're going to be hearing from our DNVR bets team, RK and Andre, about. Uh, the bet predicting. So even if you're not really in particularly to betting, uh, I would still highly recommend checking out that podcast because basically what we're going to be doing is going through the baseball season and predicting who's going to do better or worse than how Vegas thinks they're going to do. It's just another form of of predicting the season. So that should be um, that should be a lot of fun. Before we look too far into the future, though, Patrick, let's do uh, and, and this kind of counts as going on to the field. I'm going to say that it does. We're going to get onto the field, which means it's time to crack open a beer from Breckenridge Brewery. I've been drinking a lot of that Mile High Copper, Mile High City Copper Lager lately. You can get it in a 15-can pack. You can also get the 15-can sampler pack. Mm. Get it delivered to you by Davidson's. You get a curbside pickup from Davidson's. They're pretty fantastic. You can find it at most of your local King Superstores. But I find the best place to drink Breckenridge Brew is down at the farmhouse where it's on tap, where they're making it. You can go right across and see how they make the stuff. Plus, you can get some delicious food. You get the beer right there. Really cool atmosphere to hang out in, by the way. And you get five bucks off with code DNVR. Make sure you check them out down there at the farmhouse. And if you're being super safe about your pickup orders and stuff like that as you should be then you should call ahead of time at 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m swing on by use that promo code dnvr they'll hook you up with a little bit of a break john that's our guy he said said breck brew going to buy some right now there it is that's how it works it's you know it's it it's good stuff. It's it's not like I'm sending it. It's like, hey, cool. Now you've got excellent beer to drink. It's going to be, uh, you got, because there's going to be a baseball game on TV tomorrow. I mean, when was the last time the Colorado Rockies were on television? Uh, did they have any September games September 27th might have been right? the game no, last yeah. year. Yeah, AT&T crew didn't do anything. From, there were a couple on the radio, I think. But Yeah. Yeah. And the spring training games, there, yeah. there may have been one, because I know they usually go down there late. Right. But the cool thing is, at least... If you go ahead and and go down to the farmhouse or or you you get some uh, delivery, if you will, for the Breck Brew, is that for the the same price of that fifteen can sampler, that's probably one beer and parking at Coors Field. So you are gonna have a great time watching Rockies games and saving a lot of money by tapping into all your Breck Brew sources there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. All right, so the on field observations from the last couple of days I, th- I think are actually pretty darn interesting and quite frankly Patrick I'm, I'm not quite sure what to make of them uh, there has been a lot in the last three or four days that we've witnessed down at Coors Field 
that I would say I wasn't expecting. And I'm not sure how much it should change here in this lead up how I was feeling. Probably the biggest of which was Charlie Blackman just arriving at camp and looking like he was in mid-season form. And you and I both said, you know, look, even if it's not even COVID related, even if he's 100% physically healthy, getting into baseball shape in a week and a half is just not a thing people do. On the other hand, I have for years made a big deal about Charlie Blackman being a freak of nature when it comes to the way he takes care of his body. Patrick, do we pump the brakes and say, look, he went out there and he got a little, you know, he, he got Ryan Castellani for a big home run, you know, still young guy, hasn't made his debut, He's kind of picking on some of these relief pitchers who haven't, aren't going to be around, or do we go, look, the best version of this team Charlie Blackman is a part of it. If he's hitting the ball hard, if he looks like he's himself, put him right back into this thing and hit the ground running. Uh, and and if so, how much does that change how we feel about this team at the start of the season? Well, the the answer to the the first part is is the answer is probably somewhere in the middle, as it almost invariably is right. that it's not either extreme. So it's somewhere in the middle. And you know that being said, that is putting him ahead of the timeline that we pretty much thought was going to be the case. So even a, you know, three quarters or even 50% of Charlie Blackman is more than what we thought. We figured he's not going to be ready by opening day. And then when he does is able to contribute, shoot, that might not even be until September. He's a bat off the bench, a great bat off the bench, but you might not get a lot out of him and you just you just chalk it up to everything that's going on in 2020. Right. But now to hear that he's ready to go and there's a DH, there's actually a spot for him to play that kind of protects him and, and checks off all the boxes, allows him to stay in the lineup, but also maybe not hurt the team defensively, especially if he's not all there. Three quarters of Charlie Blackman is a lot better than some of the other you know, fourth or fifth outfielders that you've got, at least offensively. So that yeah. provides you a lot, even just as a bat off the bench. You know, I, I hate to go right. back and, and remind Rockies fans of something that the Dodgers did, but this is pre-Rockies days. This is 1988 World Series. Kirk Gibson, he basically had no legs underneath him. He had one swing in his bat. Dude hit a home run off the best pitcher in the game. Not best closer, but the pitch, best pitcher in the game in Dennis Eckersley and helped the dom, first domino fall for the Dodgers to win what was their last World Series in 1988. So again, you've got Charlie Blackman to be that Kirk Gibson-like figure for you for 60 games this season at worst. That, that makes me change my mind about the potential of this team because without ultimately one of their best hitters, any team is going to take a knock. And right. And, and and now they might they might not have that knock after all. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I said when he first signed his contract, I talked about the health and the way he takes care of his body, but I also talked about the way he hits and the reason to expect a a graceful aging of his bat. Now we've obviously seen what time and injuries in the course field outfield have, have done to his body and his legs and his and his defense, right? But as you just pointed out. I, I believe today what I believed then, and I, and I think we've seen plenty of evidence in between the time I said it and now that his offense, so much of it is mental. He's so smart about how he hits. He's so good 
about knowing how pitchers are approaching him, uh, about handling at bats throughout the, the course of a game, working through an at bat, fouling off tough pitches, waiting for the mistake, and then hammering it. It's so mental, and he's so good at that part of the game that, yeah, if he's this team's DH all year, uh, I expect him to absolutely rake under those circumstances again, unless it's just he really doesn't have his legs back underneath him yet. But we'll we'll find out one way or another. It's been pretty impressive to see him hit a couple of second deck shots. And like uh, you don't want to get like you said, you, you, you want to stay somewhere in the middle on these. You don't want to get too excited uh, in the forward there. But it could be they've just got normal Charlie Blackman back as well. You bring up an interesting point about the mental aspect of it because, you know, I don't think Charlie Blackman gets enough credit for being that kind of a player. Particularly, you you look at him and you think more Duck Dynasty than you think, you know, Ivy League, you know, right. uh, front office mind. But right. Blackman's got that kind of mind right. for everything that we've heard. We even, you know, talked last week uh, with Nick Groke. Go back and listen to that episode where he discussed some of the changes of, hey, how can the Rockies hit better at sea level? Uh, uh, an area, frankly, that they almost have, have never done well at as right. a team because of the variance between the movement uh, on, on off-speed pitches. Right. Who's the one that says, here's an idea? It's Charlie Blackman, right? Yeah. And you see one of the reasons why, you know, when there are other players like, you know, Trevor Story two years ago, David Dahl last year, guys who could supplant Blackman at the leadoff spot, why Bud Black is so hesitant to pull that trigger because what Charlie's doing up there, you know, it, it really can't be matched. Like maybe it can be statistically, certainly not as far as home runs go because he is one of the best power hitters of the team. But just what he's doing up there, you know, you you go back and look, and, and this this might blow some people's minds away a little bit, but over the last three years, Charlie Blackman has the most hits in all of baseball, 577. More hits than any human being that has played in MLB. Yeah. Like, he's tops, like, just getting hits. And some of that has to do with his opportunities, obviously getting more plate appearances and at-bats, but he can put bat-to-ball better than anybody. And, you know, it's, it's, it's impressive to see him come this far just as, a, just as an athlete who took a lot to evolve, you know, because he was, right. he was not a thing for a few years. It was, yeah. oh, hey, Charlie Blackman, Corey Dickerson, maybe you put them together and you've got one decent ball player. And, hey, Corey Dickerson's had a decent career, but arguments. he has not had the no. career that Charlie Blackman has had, nope. even at this age. The same age, mind you, as we've pointed out time and time again, that isn't that far off from Carlos Gonzalez. Exactly. They're, they're right. about a, a year, maybe even less than a year uh, of an age difference. So Charlie is going strong here still, which is great for the Rockies, seeing as though they're paying him that well. And, and he very well could be a, an important cog, especially if you want... David Dahl to, to bat leadoff, then you can have Charlie Blackman batting third, and it, it just has that left-right balance that you, you need. You need Charlie Blackman to be a part of this. He understands that, and because he's got the right mindset, he has willed himself, willed himself to come back from this virus to be a, a, an amazingly contributing member of the team. Maybe yeah. not full-strength Charlie Blackman, but three-quarter Charlie Blackman is beyond what I would have guessed we would have seen out of him even by the last week in September. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, it it really is. And and here's my bold prediction is that we will see him 
in the lineup opening day Friday in Texas leading off as a DH. Hey now. Which will be fun. And I was going to say, which would be really, really weird, except I remember like, like the Cubs started doing that with Schwarber the last couple of years. So actually DH is batting leadoff. Isn't as strange as it would have been even three or four years ago. But um, yeah. And I, I want the lineup. You said I want doll one story two, especially for our story runs bet. Um, <laughs> Blackman three also helps the story runs bet. Arenado four. Uh, so on. I, I think Murphy five is proven to be a, a fantastic uh, protection for Nolan Arenado. Uh, McMahon, I think, becomes your your sixth guy pretty comfortably this year, and could maybe even supplant Murphy if if he starts to rake and Murphy continues to struggle. But uh, that's another observation that I've had over these last couple of days. You know, we we talked to Bud Black a little bit about it. We've talked about it a, a few times in, uh, I think, during the off-season spring. Who knows, Patrick? It's been whatever has happened. Which off-season? <laughs> Which right? one? Which training uh, camp? <laughs> it's almost over. What year? Uh, Daniel Murphy is hitting hard line drives in the air. Ooh. He looks how he was advertised, uh, but we, we saw only in spurts last season. So... Uh, yeah, this this could be another really, really good bit of news here for the Rockies. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to, to see, you know, first, if, if Charlie's even traveling with the team, because if he's not in Texas for those two days, you might think uh, it's it's not going to happen. But I, I don't know entirely, you know, all of the specifics for the health and safety protocols, if you know, guys can basically travel on their own, right? You know, that's that's a, a common thing that some people might not know is if uh, Antonio Senzatella, he is most likely will go the fourth game. So um, those who uh, have not right. heard the news, Herman Marquez will be the opening day start of the 20th right. in Rockies history uh, for game number one on Friday. Then you got John Gray, Kyle Freeland, and most likely we're thinking Antonio Senzatella. He's actually going to pitch on Wednesday in that game against the Rangers, but he'd be your number four starter in Oakland. Um, so ultimately, after his start on Wednesday, he could get ahead of the team, uh, maybe maybe go back to Colorado for a day before going out to Oakland, watch the A's have a couple games, you know, do some scouting, and, and just get ready ahead of his start because he will not need to do anything until then. Well, okay. now with the health and safety protocols, it, there's a good chance that guys are just going to have to stay with their team, not go ahead, not do any of that stuff. Uh, and that would probably extend to maybe injured players or guys who would like a little more time staying behind. That's that's an extra three days that Charlie Blackman could have had at home. Again, just to, to get his legs out from underneath him. Probably even just enjoy uh, the ability to train at altitude. Because, man, when, when you go down to sea level, you definitely can turn it into a different gear. And I'm sure Charlie would love for that, but he might not get that opportunity. So we should have an idea um, in the next 24 hours if, if Charlie's on that plane for the exhibition games. He'll be ready to go for opening day. Uh, if he's not, doesn't mean he wouldn't have been ready in a normal situation. It just means he's not going to be in this instance, and maybe he can you know, link up with the team for those two games in Oakland. If not, it is only two games. He'll be ready to go August 1st for the first game at Coors Field against the San Diego Padres. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, so, Patrick, speaking, by the way, of hitting hard line drives in the air, 
Can't do it quite as well as our guys, RK and Hank, on the real golf course. By the way, Oddcast 2 coming up. I can't remember the date, but the, the rematch mm. has been set against Lombardi and Mosier. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll get that date for you here before too long. But before I do that, I've got to let you know that dnvrgolf.com is going to get you hooked up with WGT Golf the most beloved free realistic golf game in the world loved by over 20 million people including all of us here on the dnvr staff you can challenge us anytime you can join us for weekly weekend tournaments uh closest to the hole or full stroke play on famous golf courses including pebble beach beth page black and more again it's at dnvrgolf.com we have a whole lot of fun with it we appreciate that they are the official sponsor of dnvr gaming and yeah, I'll have to find. Why is it, is it? I'm only finding the date for the the last oddcast. So I'll, Thursday. There you go. It's on Thursday, Thursday at 12:30, streaming live on Periscope. There it is. That's good. It, it is ridiculously entertaining to watch those guys play golf and and talk trash. So join us for that, and you can play along on WGT, totally free app on your phone or computer. It's a lot of fun. Uh, helping them out helps us out. So pick it up. You got nothing to lose. I tied for fourth place as of last night. If anyone got in under the wire, good on you, but it's tied for fourth. There we go. Now you can see all four of my fingers. Felt good. I was feeling the flow. Working it. Working it. Working it. (laughs) The energy. The cup, the ball. (laughs) I sent it back to its home. The environment is in the hole. (laughs) Go to your home, baby. Go to your home. Billy Madison, uh, for anyone who doesn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she was like, no, you just derailed this whole thing. Freak me out. Wait, what? What? Uh, a couple of questions here before we get back to our final observations from summer camp. John got agree. Uh, oh, wait, this one. Ashton Godot is the man. Uh, we're gonna. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of role he plays. Asking, how long does Bard last this season? This is a question that is in the hands of the Fates and Bud Black and Jeff Breidich and 2020 and whatever else. Uh, I have not been particularly impressed, uh, but I am not a pitching coach. I am not a pitching guru. Uh, we'll see what we'll see. I would expect, honestly, that the the leash will still be relatively short and early on he's not going to be entrusted with any particularly uh vital innings uh but he could win some and and i will say it'll be it has the chance to be the best story in all of baseball if he comes back and pitches well and and actually becomes an important part of the bullpen and does some things that would be phenomenal and everyone should be rooting for that um but i i don't suspect yeah, you know he he was he was so good with with Boston. I mean, there was a point in which he he seemed to be like the incumbent closer uh, in a lot of ways for for that team that ended up you know winning those those three World Series in a short amount of time. I think he probably uh, even has a ring from from his uh, length of of play with the Red Sox. And yeah, just those those injuries just kind of derailing his career and not giving up you know it's not entirely the story of of jim morris you know the rookie where you know he was drafted played a little minor league ball that's it his career flamed out became a a high school baseball coach and then his players just kind of got behind him supported him and says coach you can throw really fast and then long story short you know disney buys his life rights and 
you know, now now we all know, you know, what his deal was uh, right. through the eyes of Dennis Quaid. Uh, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. The story of Daniel Bard isn't quite as magical, but it is one of perseverance. It is one of, of self-doubt and one in which, you know, you're injured and, and the odds have been stacked against you. Now, at what point do you say, I just want to live a, a normal life? Like, I don't. I don't want this this dream that I had because to have that dream might cost me my sanity, might cost me my life to a degree. You know, there was there was a gentleman by the name of Dave Mackey who some Coloradans know. He was uh, he was an ultra marathon runner, and he was phenomenal. You know, he was in his early forties, and he was beating all these young whippersnappers, twenty, thirty years old, in a hundred mile races. Drew. Yeah. In, in in the mountains of San Diego, yeah. and and just was an amazing athlete. And a couple of years ago, uh, going up to the top of, of South Boulder Peak, he actually stepped on a rock. He had done so, you know, hundreds of times before. It gave way. He fell about you know uh, ten or fifteen feet. Had to be rescued off the mountain. Had to have intense um, rehabilitation surgery. And ultimately, several months down the line, he actually decided, you know what? It's easier for me to just have my leg amputated. And then I can use uh, a prosthetic leg and I can go back to like living my normal life rather than what we all think to be normal, two arms, two legs, all of those things that, that we deem to be normal. Right. And he said, well, what's normal for me isn't looking normal. It's just feeling normal. And Daniel Bard for so long didn't feel normal. And there's been hundreds, if not thousands of not just baseball players, but athletes who over the years have not felt normal and have had to walk away from the game just to have a regular life because their body was just so beaten up and brutalized by the game yeah. that they love. Or even and, mentally, people who had been yeah. mentally beaten down by the game and had to walk away for good. For um, sure. And, and, yeah. and so to see Bard kind of over, overcome that, and even if it doesn't become something, even if it's just a great story and, you know, three weeks from now, Bud Black gave him a shot and ultimately he's not getting the job done and they need his, his spot for somebody else and, he, and he's replaced by, by a Ryan Rawlison or somebody that's younger, that's still a great story. It still doesn't mean that he failed in any way. He, he did it. He did the thing that, you know, seemed just so unbelievable especially for him so yeah. for 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 him to to be able to overcome that and just have that feather in his cap that's something that nobody could take away from him no matter how many home runs he might give up or whatever his ERA is he's it's 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 an absolute inspiration so read up on that if you're not as familiar with the story of Rockies reliever Daniel Bard yeah there was an an interesting moment i think was it yesterday or the day before um he, he faced off against Brendan Rodgers, and he mm. struck him out. And and I was just thinking, okay, so in 2013, it's the last time that Daniel Bard pitched in Major League Baseball, Brendan Rodgers was I'm gonna, a junior. Sophomore. At, uh, actually, yeah, he would have been, I, I think, right between. Uh, if, Sophom- if, we're going, yeah. if we're getting really technical about the day Daniel Bard pitched in the, in the year, he would have been between his sophomore and his sophomore year, year. Beginning of junior year, yeah. At Lake Mary High School in Florida. He would wow. have been two years removed from being the Rockies' number one pick, the number three overall pick in the 2015 draft, the last time Daniel Bard pitched him. And so that's how long he's been out of the game for Brendan Rodgers to have had enough time to finish high school, get drafted, and go all the way through the Colorado Rockies organization to just now, you know, he's still becoming, you know, he's still going to be a rookie, but 
so to, to, to see that age difference and that experience level difference in this kind of era versus era battle and to see the veteran come out on top, especially because Rogers has, has like eight hit hits in the last three days. It, it was almost all of them singles through the left side, but whatever. Um, still not showing off the pop. I still want to see Brendan Rogers hit the ball over the wall uh, in, in a big league park. I still <laughs> haven't seen that yet, but um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of those kinds of be looking for him. Every time Bard goes out there and does something good, yeah. celebrate those kinds of things when you can, because yeah, uh, you know, we talked about the Nolan Arenado thing is like he's, his whole career exists in the space between the last time Daniel Bard pitched and the next time he will. And he will make an appearance in a major league baseball game this season, and that in and of itself is extraordinary and should be celebrated. And you, you frame it in differences because, yeah, obviously we're talking about a guy making a couple million dollars playing baseball, and you have another kid who's an amateur high school player. Obvious differences. But there's also those identical parallels that once he shut it down in 2013 for Bard, he was, he was just as qualified to be in the majors as Brendan Rodgers. And from that point, both of them had to hone their craft to get to the exact same spot at 20th in Blake. There's one, a child should produce yeah. one day, right? Just starting from like that day, like the day he retired and then following the two of them and their, their trajectories. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah, one is he's, he's on the way up. Brendan Rodgers, of course, he's on the way up. And you go, ah, he's going to get there and – He's going to be a superstar, and his life's going to be amazing, and he's going to feel good about himself because he look at him excel. And then you have a guy like Daniel Bard who just wants to get back there but still needs to do all those same things, if not better, because it, it, that type of growth. And, and that's, that's what a prospect is, is that potential because you, know, you, you haven't grown into your body or you haven't experienced experienced certain things in life or in the game that are going to make you you know a more wizened player and and just a better overall guy because of that um experiential uh influence and bart has already had that just like just like any player who's you know approaching 30 years old if if you haven't done it by now well what what upside do you have like you're just at your peak you're at your ceiling but but Bard's back, and that's fantastic. And, yeah, it'll be cool to, to see them and see him. And, and I think that's a story, and I think you might have addressed it or we talked about it previously. It's, it's a national story. It's, it's much like Ian Desmond was a national story. It's a, right. one of those reasons why you should be really proud to be a Rockies fan right now. And, and it's, it's one of the reasons why when people think about the Colorado Rockies, they, get, they, they feel good, right? They think about Arenado. They think about story. They think about the beautiful stadium. And and think about those purple uniforms, so unique, so different, yeah. a little non-threatening as well. And so that's something a lot of people could support. It's fine. But but it's it's just one of those reasons why I think it's great to be a Rockies fan right now, and in and it's it's great to get that support. I think from all over the nation and from all baseball fans, where you say, "Oh, you're a Rockies fan. Good on you. That's cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. That's kind. It's kind of cool, man. That's kind of cool." Uh, so before we wrap this thing up now, I do need to remind everybody that as excited as we're getting for the return of baseball, we also got to be excited for everybody's new number two sport. No, I'm not talking about <laughs> hockey. Most of you knew about hockey before this last calendar year. I'm the only one who's new to hockey. I'm talking about rugby. You guys got to get in when the getting in is hot. It's going to be so exciting 
to be watching rugby in Colorado because it was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale is going to be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagle 15s teams. That makes Colorado the place for rugby in the United States. So make sure you are keeping up to speed with us and Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. You're subscribing to that pod. Uh, he's taking you through the 101s. He's getting you all hooked up with the, the low down, as it were, everything you need to know about rugby. But I'll tell you what, it's also super intuitive. As soon as you start watching a couple of games, you're going to get into it. You're going to have fun if you like sports. And it's going to be great because all of the world-class athletes of this sport here in our nation are about to congregate in our backyard there in Glendale we get to see the best of the best and Colorado has an opportunity to prove that rugby is viable in the United States the Colorado can be the home of great sports fans the growth of a new game here in the United States as you can tell I'm pumped I can't wait to get back out to Infinity Park once they start bringing us the sweet sweet taste of rugby It is. Got tackled there. You didn't sell it though. You didn't sell I did that not. tackle. It's a terrible, terrible sell on the spear right there. More of an edge spear than a than a Goldberg one, really. I would suggest Rhino. I would suggest Rhino, but that's me. Technically a Gore, sir. True. Technically. But but he did it first though. <laughs> I don't. Is that? I, I believe that's correct. Seventy <laughs> percent of our audience. What in the world are they talking? We about? haven't got any comments yet. Of like, again, guys, again, <laughs> slipping in the wrestling references. Maybe I've got it. They're flipped. fine with it. Maybe seventy percent of our audience just coincidentally are are wrestling fans, so they just get it and they're with it. I have no idea. Um, so I, I wanted to wrap up here, Patrick. Where uh, one of my favorite things to talk about, which is of course. Tony Walters. No, ca- catchers in general, catching in general. The, the, the catchers are doing their thing, man. It, it's, mm. it's absolutely mind-boggling to me that the general consensus around the Rockies catching is that it's bad. And it's in, in spring training and in summer camp and really kind of to end the year last year. Uh, and if you look at Elias Diaz, who was not on the team last year, just all of the last couple of seasons, there's just, there's just so much like positive momentum here. Walters looks like he's in phenomenal shape. He's hitting the ball harder than he's ever hit it in his life. Dom Nunez looks like he's ready to be a major leaguer. Elias Diaz is as advertised. He's hard to strike out. He makes a ton of contact. The defense isn't great, but it's fine. Drew Butera has been the eye popper of the whole thing. All of a sudden, this dude's hitting the ball off the wall. He's He had like three home runs in spring training and another three in summer camp in very short sample sizes. And we all know that he's very capable behind the plate, so... I don't know, Patrick, catcher position. Are, are the observations of what we've seen, do we not want to get too excited? I mean, Tony Walters couldn't hit the ball that far before. Some observations <laughs> just are what they are, right? That And, and that's why you're one of the preeminent um, people <laughs> in Rockies media. Tony Walters couldn't hit the ball very far. You just you just know, have a way with words sometimes uh, and your scouting reports there that's right. <laughs> making you blush. Uh, no, I, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right. I, I think the Rockies, you know, they, they their catching core got a bad rap. I think for for a lot, and I think what you could safely say, the worst thing you could say about them is they lack excitement. 
Okay. It's hard to get excited for, for defense in a lot of ways, right? And, you know, Rockies fans say, oh, no, we're excited for Nolan Arenado's defense. Yeah, but you know it's coming with a big bat. And, yeah, those plays in and of themselves are exciting. And no one else around the game, no one is making those plays from the hot corner like Arenado. But the catching plays, they're not quite as sexy, right? There's, if, it's, it's one of those things like an offensive lineman in football. If you do your job, nobody notices you. Right, you shouldn't get noticed. The best umpires are the ones that we go. I've heard that name at a at a, at a ballpark, but I don't really know him that well. Right. You just know the names of the guys that you don't want to see anywhere near a ballpark. Right. Those are the names that you know. So I I think with 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 the Rockies catching core, it's it's really just mostly about the fact that they're they're very competent. They can do some big things on some big days. Like that word. Yeah. They they they. They don't have the star power, right? You got an older guy like Drew Butera. You got a young guy on the scene that's not a, a top 100 catching prospect in Dom Nunez. You've got a guy in Tony Walters who's worked his way up the ladder. He's worked his butt off. Like, mm-hmm. uh, man, I, I don't I don't know who you could compare him to. I don't see the work that other catchers do on the other 29 teams. I would only imagine he puts in the same amount of of effort as as a Yadier Molina because that's just how hard Tony Walters works and Elias Diaz again is a guy he's just one of those tried and true kind of backup catchers that if you get him at the right time they can bust out Mike Napoli yeah. was a guy he he had a he had a nice little contract there I think it was when he was with Texas he got some big money because he broke out at the right time now ultimately he moved over to first base and became a DH but he was one of those backstops for the Angels that he just caught fire at the right time it takes a while catchers you know they're like a fine wine it's it's if i can give you as a fantasy baseball tip if you're in a dynasty league stay the heck away from young catchers because it's going to take forever for them to develop and then slowly but surely they get weaned into the game and it just takes a while carson kelly was one of those top he's one of the biggest catching prospects that we've seen in the last few years he was blocked by yadier molina so he was forced to be a backup catcher for a little while before ultimately getting dealt to the diamondbacks and now he's figuring it out and he's becoming a competent guy it just takes that time so maybe just maybe the Rockies got in on the Diaz stock at the right time, and maybe he actually becomes the Rockies catcher of the future. It couldn't happen that quickly. His defense leaves a lot, you know, to, to, to be loved in, in, in many ways. But between those two guys, Walters and Diaz, that you you might have a better catcher in those two guys than any other pair in the game right now. Which is amazing to say, and people would think you're crazy, but look around the league like to, to get that kind of combined talent, especially the way they so naturally platoon together. It, it, it's going to be, yeah, yeah. And and the hard work that Tony Walters has put in, I, I think it's going to be a major, major X factor for the Rockies this year. So we will see very shortly here now we'll we'll have to stop completely speculating and get into just watching actual games we got a uh, texas at six o'clock mountain time i believe on tuesday evening i'll be down at the dnvr bar for that one watching it come and, and wave at me from a safe distance uh, if if you'd like to watch the game down there 
Uh, we'll be drinking Breck brews. We'll be having a good time. Uh, we'll be eating great food. And we'll be watching baseball on television. And then we'll be able to all talk about that a little bit, share all of your observations with us. You can do that by making sure you're following us on the social media at DNBR underscore Rockies, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman. Of course, you can shoot us an email anytime you like, either Drew or Patrick at the DNBR.com. Uh, you got to make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. There's a lot of material about to come your way. I will leave it at that, but just be on a the lot. lookout. A lot. I would like to add a lot. Okay. okay. A lot. Okay. Important footnote. A lot and a lot. You're getting both of those. So twice as much as you would have thought before. We're, we're diving into it, folks. We've got a, a lot of baseball talk ready to have with all of you. We're very, very excited. So thanks for being absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you. Ballpark.